You're listening to Ignite, a podcast by students and teachers for students and teachers at Knox STEM Academy. I'm your host, Leslie Hicks, media specialist here at Knox STEM Academy, and thanks for joining us as you listen to Ignite. In this episode of Ignite, we will be hearing from some digital learners, digital parents, digital teachers, and our new assistant principal, Carrie Schmidt. We hope that you enjoy this episode of Ignite. Hello, Knox Knights. We are so glad that you are back in with us, whether it is face-to-face or digitally. We are so happy to be reunited. And it is important, parents, that you are reunited with us in Canvas. Make sure that you are observing your student with their new teacher for this year. And kindergarten parents, you can make sure that you are observing them for the first time. Now, remember, once you become an observer of your student, then you will continue to be an observer. It's not something you have to do every year. So if you were observing last year, it should have rolled over for you into their new course. But you want to make sure that you are observing for lots of reasons. Number one, your teachers are sending communication to you weekly through Canvas. So you'll be getting announcements. You'll be getting updates. And for the upper grades, you will be getting assignments, you'll be getting grades. So you want to make sure that you are observing what is going on with your student in the classroom and that you are able to see all of those important announcements that are coming through. Parents, if you are not sure how to be an observer, you will want to make sure that you have your student's Canvas login information. That is just how they log on to the computer. And once they log on, they'll need to go to their Canvas account. They'll go to settings and you will find a pairing code. Then parents, you will need to create your own account using your personal email. That way, if ever you need the password reset, you have control of that. You'll put that pairing code into your parent account and then you'll begin observing your student. Or if this is the first time that you have multiple students in the school system, you can add a student to an already existing account just by having that pairing code. For more help, you can visit our school website or the Cherokee County website and look for Canvas account information. There is step-by-step tutorial there for you. If you need other information, you can also reach out to your child's teacher, but make sure that you are observing in Canvas to stay on top of all of the communication coming from school. I'm speaking with Amy, who is the mother of two digital Knox Knights. And so they have been doing digital learning. They are in second grade and third grade. So they are um, some of our younger Knights. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good. Well, thank you for talking with me and taking this time. How has digital learning been in your home, especially having two um, two digital students? Well, I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, it was a challenge just trying to figure out this new way of all of us to work. 
I work full time and I have a pretty busy job with meetings. So we really had to figure out how that was going to work with my schedule and then having two younger kids, a seven and eight year old who needed a lot of help, especially in the beginning with just navigating the computer and kind of figuring out what this whole digital world meant. Right. So thinking back to August, which kind of seems like a while ago, but not that long ago. Um, I can't believe how fast this school year is flying by. But thinking back to August, how was it kind of working with them in the beginning? It was really challenging in that I really had to be close to them. I almost just had to, I kind of stationed myself in the middle. Like I had one in one room, one in the other, and then I was in the kitchen just so I could kind of listen to everything because they just really needed help with every step of like, logging onto Canvas and finding their Teams link, you know, just kind of everything along the way. So, um, yeah, I just had to um, be near, be there for tech support, be there for questions. So they've definitely over the last, what, nine weeks now, um, they've gained a lot of independence and a lot of confidence. And they have figured out like a lot of times like I say, hey, you know, it's time to go get on your meeting. I'll be there in a minute to help you. And before I even realize it, they're already they found the link. They're on their meeting and it's already started. So we've just come so far from them not even knowing how to find the link to now they just get on their meeting and they're just doing it on their own. Yeah. So that's awesome that they are becoming more independent and that their confidence level is increasing. Um, and I know that even though in the spring, we were all, we all kind of shifted to teams meetings very quickly and having to get assignments in canvas. So even though we had done that during the spring um, in August, it was just different anyway. So even though they kind of had some experience mm -hmm. with that um, during quarantine, mm -hmm coming back into August, you still had to kind of be with them and help guide them mm -hmm. a little bit. Now, what were some things that you noticed? Because I would imagine that, like you said, you're having to work and make that adjustment. Um, but what were some things that you noticed that maybe um, have kind of helped them become more independent or tips and tricks that you kind of learned along the way that you feel like have helped y'all find your routine and kind of get into your groove of this digital learning thing? Well, I think we needed good workspaces. That was number one. We just had to kind of figure out how we best work together. Um, so we we built some um, desks for them. And so we have those workspaces. Of course, we've come to find out the kids learn very differently. So whereas my, my son, if I'm nearby, he wants a lot of help. He wants to talk to me about his assignment. So I've learned for me, I need to stay a little further from him. But for my daughter, she learns better if I'm closer by. So we've kind of reconfigured where she and I sit closer together. And then my son is off a little more on his own, but yet I'm still close by for support. Right. So what maybe started as um, two desk areas <laughs> for Caleb and Lola uh -huh. have now maybe become like desk areas yes. like for you and Lola. Yes. Like you said, like it's better for y'all to kind of be mm -hmm. side by side. And I can imagine because, um, you know, like you said, they have different learning styles, mm -hmm. but then also their teams meetings, their live lessons are going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I could see how maybe it would be distracting to mm -hmm. them, you know, to kind of be, you know, for Lola, oh, what's Caleb doing mm -hmm. in this class? Yeah. Or, you know, if they take breaks at different times or if they're, um, you know, just to kind of do that. So I'm sure also just figuring out the things that you need, like, them having headphones or mm -hmm. having to get devices for them 
or um, like you said, kind of setting up a space to where they feel like they have their supplies. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that that was some adjustment because I know it was for me and my two children when we did this Mm -hmm. in March and I'm just kind of figuring out, it takes a, a couple of weeks. It took us a couple of weeks to work out the kinks and figured out what worked best. Cause at that time they were in second grade in kindergarten. And so I am with you of that. They, I had to really kind of be mm-hmm. with them. So I understand what you're talking about and I can relate. Right. To and even the headphones, you know, we, we got the headphones so they could still be in the same space together. This is before we figured out that it was better for me to be with Lola, but we had the headphones. But then what I didn't realize is now I can't really hear what's going on. because and, and so these are the things that we're still continuing to tweak and refine and figure out what works best for us. Yes. Yeah. And I know like for us, um, I found that it worked better to have one kind of, you know, do their work and mm-hmm. kind of put them on different schedules. Because at first I tried to do it at the same time which I know for y'all as digital learners, they have a set schedule, which is different from the screen. So they have a set schedule, but um, what are some other things as far as the schedule that you have found that kind of help with, with them now that they're doing this every day? Mm-hmm. Well, so the teachers have been great about trying different things and probably, I don't know, maybe about three or four weeks in, they started creating these charts and I can see exactly what time like they're supposed to be doing, whether it's a live lesson or then it's the independent study, then it's, you know, brain break or when they need to come back at this meeting or a individual conference. So um, the charts are great, especially for the working parents, you know, that are in their own meetings and doing their own thing, because I do try to structure my day where I can be more available for them in the morning when they're doing the bulk of their digital learning, but it doesn't always work out, you know? So sometimes, you know, I have to go into my own meeting. And so I come out and I can look at that chart and see exactly where they're supposed to be, what's going on and just double check. They haven't missed anything. And it's also great at the end of the day, a lot of times we're kind of submitting stuff later in the day because of my schedule. I need to help them with submitting stuff. So a lot of times I can't do that till after my working day. And we do it at night and we go through the chart and we see exactly the link to which assignment. And then we can go through and just double check that everything is done for the day. So you enjoy having that flexibility Mm -hmm. of, um, because, you know, obviously you have your working hours and certain things that you have been able to adjust. But I'm sure with your job, there are meetings, like you said, Mm -hmm. that you can't really adjust the times. Mm -hmm. So um, you enjoy having that flexibility Mm -hmm. of um, then having their live sessions, but then the communication with Mm -hmm. the teachers to know what they need to work on when it is that independent Mm -hmm. time because they have their live teams meeting, then they have Mm -hmm. independent learning, Mm -hmm. then they come back for individual conferences Mm -hmm. or small group conferences. And so, um, so you feel like that that has really helped a lot. Yes, that has helped tremendously. And just also just the teachers being so understanding and flexible with just, you know, knowing that the parents are still having to help a lot with this and just being kind about that as far as our own schedules and all the things we're balancing right now. Oh, yes. Yeah. And how do you feel, do you feel like it is any different because you are kind of sitting um, for some of the lessons or for some part of the day? that you are sitting and you're kind of seeing some of those live lessons to where you're kind of getting a glimpse into, um, you know, how the teacher conducts Mm -hmm. class Mm -hmm. that parents in face-to-face are not getting because even though those teachers are communicating with what's going on in class through Canvas, also through newsletters and emails, you're actually seeing the teachers teach through teams. Mm -hmm. Um, So how, like, how has that been? 
Yeah, um, no, that is so right. Because, you know, before, you know, I would look at their work, I would see the stuff that came home in their folders, but I didn't really understand everything they were doing or how they were being taught. It's very different from when I was in school. But now I am hearing firsthand. And it's it's allowed me to be so much more engaged in their work and also find moments throughout just our day, like we could be at dinner or whatever. And I can see where there's these teachable moments, like we were eating sushi one night. And I was like, hey, look, this makes an array. And actually, both my kids are learning arrays right now, although they're second and third, they're they're at different stages of that. So I'm like, hey, the sushi makes an array. And I wouldn't even have known really what that was because that's not how I was taught. So um, it's just allowed me to be so much more engaged and involved and also understanding like, for instance, if I see them struggling with something, I have a be much better understanding of where they're struggling and how I can help them. Because you're seeing the like tricks that the teachers are using or the teaching strategies mm -hmm. um, that they are using. So like you said, when it kind of comes to that independent work time and they're not in a live lessons where they can ask the teacher directly, mm -hmm. you have seen um, either through the live lessons or I'm assuming sometimes it's recordings mm -hmm. that maybe the teachers post. Um, so you're kind of seeing different ways, like maybe with math, mm -hmm. different because talking about how it is different <laughs> from when we were in school. Girl, don't even get me started. The math, when I try to help with the math, um, I my daughter just has to tell me, like, that's not how we do it. So I'm having to reteach myself the right. math in order to try to help her. But um, you're probably seeing mm -hmm. the way that they're teaching this math. Mm -hmm. So that way it, you understand it better. Mm -hmm. And um, you're seeing the different, like, tricks that they do to – with multiplication. Mm -hmm. or with, with yeah. I mean, like just this week we had tic-tac-toe strategy and we had Mickey ears multiplication strategy. And so, you know, when they make videos on that and when the kids need to watch the video and then kind of figure out how to do it, like if it's, if they've already had the live lesson and then there's the video for them to go back, I sit there and I watch the videos with them and we kind of figure it out and do some of the work, you know, and just, I'm there for support to help them and be like, oh, okay. And then I'm learning too. I'm like, okay, that's not how I did it, but I'm certainly learning new, new techniques. Yes. Now, kind of talking about how they upload um, recordings mm -hmm. so that students can go back and watch them over and over again. Do you feel like that's helpful or what other technology tools are they doing that you feel, because it is all technology based mm -hmm. and it is all digital. So what do you feel like is really helping um, kind of bridge that we are not physically together, mm -hmm. but here is still the learning support. How, what do you feel like you're seeing? Well, the videos are super helpful. Not only can um, both my kids watch them over and over if they need to. And again, I get to watch them too. So it helps me a lot. But um, just all the resources, there's so many great digital tools. I mean, that I know the face-to-face -face kids are using as well, like Seesaw and um, Brain Pop and all of these. But just even you know, being able to watch those with the kids has been super helpful. And then it's always something they can refer back to. So if the live lesson, if they get a little lost and, you know, they might not be able to ask a question right at that moment, they can always go back and watch those videos. And so. talking about some of those tools that face-to-face -face learners use also, um, I know we were discussing earlier, like Office 365, um, kind of how they're getting into that more. And like mm -hmm. you said, with you having younger students, that wasn't something that they were really using all the time in kindergarten first mm -hmm. um, or even, you know, second mm -hmm. grade. So have you noticed a difference with that? 
Yeah. I mean, like in the very beginning, the first week when they would say, okay, go to office 365, the kids didn't even know what that meant. So first step was figuring out what is office 365. So once we got past that hurdle, now it's like, okay, we're introducing this new thing, whether it's Adobe Spark or Sway, which I mean, I have a corporate job and I've never even used these programs. So now they can just, they go to their office 365 and the teacher can walk them through like exactly what icon. And then they're using these new tools and it's just great. So there's just such a better understanding and grasp for what they're doing. So I keep telling my kids, they're just going to be technology wizards, little digital wonders yes. <laughs> because of all of this. Yes. Now, is there any advice or um, anything that you would kind of share with other digital parents who are kind of like in this together? Because, you know, we have, of course, y'all are still part of our Knox community, but then you're almost like a digital learning community. You have your own mm -hmm. community now. So is there anything that you would share with the parents in that community going through the same thing that you are? I think number one, I would say, we need to give everyone in the process grace. And that includes yourself as a parent. It's your kids. It's the teachers. We're all in this together and it's new and it's different. And um, we just need to understand, like, you just have to trust that um, the teachers are going to find the right thing that works and they might try something and it might be a little more difficult for the kids, but they're going to keep working until they find the thing that really clicks and is great for the students. So I think that's the first thing is just kind of giving yourself grace and then just understanding too, like I tend to be really type A. So I was really nervous in the beginning about, oh, I think they missed a conference or they missed this or we didn't come back at the right time. But I I've come to just trust that the teacher's going to let me know if they miss something or, um, I don't know. I mean, they're just, they're going to let me know. They're going to call the child. They're going to call me They're Yeah. Like we're going to find out if they have missed something. And that has happened a couple of times with my kids and the teachers have been great about reaching out or I've said, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. We missed this. And, um, you know, we're figuring it out together. So yes. yeah. I'm just trusting it all. Yes. Well, and you know, speaking of that community, I mean, the, the teachers, the digital teachers and you, I'm sure that it does feel, even though, teachers across the board. There has always been that partnership between teachers and parents as we work together to um, educate and grow your children but um, into these learners that they're becoming. But I'm sure that you feel it's a little different also being digital. And now it kind of is a, a different partnership and almost like a little, a special bond mm -hmm. because like you said, we're in this together right. and we are all learning together because this is a new system for us as well, for those teachers. Um, so like you said, just giving grace to each other, to the students, to the teachers, to the parents, and working together to find what works, what clicks, and what's mm -hmm. helping those students to be successful, because we want all of our students to be successful, mm -hmm. whether they are with us face-to-face -face or whether they are with us in teams, chats, and conversations, because they are all Knox Knights, and in the bigger picture, because some of those classes are mixed and made up of students from other schools, they're all part of our Cherokee County um, community, and we care about the success of all of those students. So, Amy, thank you so much for thank talking you. to me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm sitting here with Lola, who is a second grade digital learner, and she is actually the sister of Caleb. So there are two digital learners in their household. Lola, how are you doing today? Very nice. Oh, very nice. All right, Lola, what do you enjoy most about being a digital learner? 
about just spending time with my parents and my cats. Okay, so getting to be at home with your family and your pets. You enjoy having that time that you yes. didn't have before. All right. What is your typical day like as a digital learner? So first we do math, and then we actually um, take a break, and then we start out with our math. And then, like, we do it all by ourselves. Okay, so, so you have some live lessons with your teacher, Miss Barnes. Then you have independent time where you kind of do the work on your own, not all in a live team's chat. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And then you get to take some breaks. What are some things that you do on your breaks? Um, I just raise my hand button. Oh, you can raise and, your hand button if you have a question. So even though you're a digital learner, you still have to raise your hand. And right? I hold up my whiteboard. Oh, and you can hold up your whiteboard to maybe share answers or things like that with Miss Barnes? Yes. So you hold that up to the camera and she can give you feedback on all of that? We do write some answers what she gives us, but she gets, gets like blank answers, but more she writes a sentence and we have to write the correct answer. Oh, okay. So that is another great way. So you do things digitally by raising your hand within Teams, but then you also can write it out on the whiteboard and show it to her. Now, when you have those breaks, do you feel like you get more breaks as a digital learner or when you were in a face-to-face -face classroom? I feel like, um, I feel like it's more digital. More digital. So do mm -hmm. you like kind of being able to have those breaks? Because your brother mentioned that he feels like doing it like that kind of helps him focus more. Do you feel the same way? Yes. Yes. And what are some fun things that maybe you get to do together as a class? Do y'all ever do things during the breaks as a class? Yes. We usually do some exercise and we usually just do stuff together. Oh, you do. So you feel like you kind of get to know your classmates that way and you get to see them all doing their exercises and stretches and stuff like that. So you're kind of getting to know them like that. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And do you feel more comfortable um, now that you're in second grade, but do you feel more comfortable with Canvas and Teams conferences now that you've been doing it as a digital learner? Yes, because it's way more easier. So it's gotten easier. So you feel like you're getting really good at some of those technology tools, right? Yes. Yes. Now, Lola, are you going to be a digital learner in the second quarter? You mean expert. You're becoming an expert. That is right. Exactly right. So and you're going to continue to be a digital learner in the second quarter. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Well, I think that your expertise is just going to continue to grow. Thank you for talking to me today, Lola. Okay, bye. Bye. I'm speaking with Caleb, a third grade digital learner at Knox. Caleb, how are you doing today? Good. Good. What do you enjoy most about being a digital learner? It's not as it's not as long as a period of time not at real school. Okay, so your school day is a little shorter. Yes. Okay, and why do you enjoy that so much? Because it's just perfect, and um, my brain is um, it's it helps me. It helps me with um, like working. It it's a better time for instead of regular school. 
Okay, so you feel like it kind of helps you focus, like yes, it it's helps just me the perfect focus. amount of time to Correct. keep your focus. Yes. Oh, okay, awesome. And um, is there anything else that you enjoy about that? Because you're at your house, so yeah. is that different from sitting in a regular classroom? Uh, sometimes it could be. Sometimes it can't. What I think upstairs in the media room, I think it kind of is like being in a classroom sometimes. Okay, so you still have a space in your house yes. that you go to, that that's where you do like yeah, your Yeah, all the working, learning. yes. That's where you do all the working. Mm -hmm. um, but you feel like you could get up and move around if you yes. needed to. So even when your teacher is teaching, you yeah. can, as long as you have your computer with you, yes. you can kind of get up and move around. And is that helpful to you? Yes. Okay, because sometimes you just, you know, you're a third grade boy. You just like moving around and that kind mm -hmm. of probably helps you with some of your thinking also, uh -huh. right? And mm -hmm. learning. Okay, yes. great. So what are some ways that you're getting to know your classmates in this digital community? Well, today I did um, a lunch with my class at 1130 to 12. And we did on the... Um, like on Teams? Yeah, like on, the, on, teams on the chat we typed in stuff. Well, all I did was just do, just do crazy typing in. But we also talked too and we got to know each other most some of them we already knew so do y'all do lunch regularly or was the lunch a special thing it was a special thing because some of my some some like clarice is going back to regular school okay at, so some of your classmates are yeah. coming back face to face, face for second quarter yes okay so it was kind of like mm -hmm. your teacher miss yeah. like it was her way of kind of almost like an end of the quarter celebration yes and also tomorrow i'm gonna have breakfast with them together Oh, okay. Now tell me about breakfast. It's always on a Friday, and it's always 7.15 to 7.45. Okay, and what do y'all do? Is it on Teams again? Yes, breakfast? we always talk. Okay, so it's just like a free time yeah. to talk, right? It's not yeah. like she is teaching you math or nope. reading or you're not having to do any work. No. Nope. It's just a free time yeah. for y'all to kind of get to know each other, just yeah. like if you were in face-to-face -face school, kind of yeah. having that lunch time or mm -hmm. recess time. It's just kind of a chill time, but y'all do it through teams. Yes. Okay. And um, do you feel like that has really helped you get to know maybe some of the classmates that you didn't know before? Yes. Okay. And um, is there anything else that Miss Granza has done or maybe refers to that kind of makes y'all feel more like a class community? Um, she shows her screen. Okay, so she shows her screen when y'all are learning. Yes. And um, I think that you were kind of telling me something about a class name. Is that right? Oh, yeah. We have a Grams a Gang name. Okay. It's called Grams a Gang. So y'all are called Grams's Gang. And how yeah. did y'all come up with that? Did she just pick that? Or no. Tell me about we, that. We, um, she, she, we, we have to be a class name every year. So, um, we picked a name and it, the one that had the most points was Grams Again, so Grams Again is our name now. Now, did someone in your class come up with that name? Grams yes. Again, and then y'all voted. Is that what it yes. was? Yes. Okay. And so, how did y'all vote? Through Teams or through Canvas? Uh, we did it on an assignment. So yes, pretty much through Canvas. Um, and then there's two things: Grams the Giants and Grams Again. I did Grams the Giants, but Grams Again did win. Oh, okay, so there were it kind of narrowed yeah. down, and then y'all voted on which one you wanted. Mm -hmm. But your classmates came up with the name combinations, correct? And then, like you said, y'all are now Grams's gang, yeah. and she did it through Canvas to kind of help you get used to yeah. how to turn in an assignment yeah. or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that's really neat. 
what other technology tools, so we've talked about Teams, we've talked about Canvas, but what other technology tools are you using when you're on the computer to do schoolwork or complete projects or turn into her? My technology could be Adobe Spark Sway. The hardest for me was um, the Adobe Spark. Oh, okay. Or it was e- My hardest was um, the um, writing, some writing. Okay, so kind of when you have to write it out. Yeah, on the paper. Yeah, on the computer. Yes. Oh, like typing. Yes. Okay, so kind of getting used because you're doing more typing now. Yeah, but I got my typing has gotten a thousand times faster. Oh my goodness, I bet it has because you are typing a lot of assignments. You're doing projects like you said in Adobe Mm -hmm. Spark on Sway, um, and you're turning those into her. So I bet your typing has improved a lot. Okay. Okay, Caleb. Well, you are going to continue to be a digital learner into the second quarter, correct? Yes. All right. Well, good luck with that. And thanks for talking to me today. Bye. Bye. Feel free to get in there. I'm speaking with Jennifer Kramza, who is our third grade digital teacher here at Knox. Miss Kramza, how are you doing today? Woo-hoo! It's Friday, and it is the last day of quarter one, digital learning. So we have had a celebration. We did a Flipgrid celebration this morning. I can't wait to go in there and check everybody's out. I said, grab that that music. Let me know. I want to see some dancing. I want to see some moving because we have made it through quarter one. Yes, I cannot even believe that we have made it through quarter one already. It's like flown It by. has flown. Yes. It has flown. Yes. It really has. So, um, and for those who don't know, Flipgrid is a tool to where you can see student videos, students post video responses. So um, when you're saying that you want to see them dancing and celebrating, you are really seeing their little videos. Yes. How excited they are. Yes. To have completed um, quarter one. Now, Ms. Framza, how has your digital teaching experience been so far? Well, compared to last spring, last spring was just very uh, emergency. Like we were just trying to get things right. done as we could and we were not really prepared. Mm-hmm. And so coming in to being a digital teacher this year, when we started the school year, I knew that we could not have a repeat of those last six, eight weeks of school. And so that it was going to be very important to spend time in the beginning to build those digital tools. And so we would start with one or two a week. Obviously they had to be able to get into Canvas and navigate Canvas. And that took, that took a while. And then we needed to branch out into Office 365, how you were going to get there. And then once we got into Office 365, they see the whole suite. They see the PowerPoint. They see the Sway. They see the Outlook. And so we just broke it down into steps, and we would practice with each one of those. And we started with forms first because that's when um, it's in Canvas, so there was a good way to practice submitting an assignment. And we started with coming up with a class name. And so I had everyone submit a class name. And then I took the top six of those and then I took the top three and then we got it down to the top two so that we whittled it down so that was a fun way for them to learn how to start to navigate through office 365 right a fun way and then also a great way to build class community being digital without the you know they're not physically together right a great way for them to feel connected um without, you know, being in a traditional classroom. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was, that was one of my biggest concerns was, uh, how am I going to make this a community? 
that's always been really important when I taught. And in the very beginning, I thought, well, we have to have a name. And so I didn't put any parameters on it. And uh, that we just ended up with Grams's gang. It's, you know, it's not, I did not, (laughs) I did not choose that name. So, uh, it was all student driven driven and, um, and ownership. Yes. It gave them ownership. And so once we did that, I don't even remember how it started, but we just decided that, um, well, I do know, did realize very early on that it is so fast paced in the morning and there was just so much going on and there wasn't a lot of time for them to uh, really just get to hang out and be kids. And we don't have specials together and we don't have recess and we don't have lunch. And I thought, but you know what? We could come and we can have breakfast in the morning. So on Uh, Fridays, mm -hmm, little breakfast club. So on Fridays, I open up the team's meeting 30 minutes early and I'll let them come in and we just, we just sit there and talk, we share, we laugh. Uh, So that has been very helpful in building that team spirit. And it's also a way to, um, for me to gauge how they're doing, to actually see their faces, yeah. see, you know, pick up on any cues. And then one thing that we also do, and this would be, um, I think this might be a good tip that might help other teachers, is in the chat sometimes I will tell them, well, I will ask them to put your number in. Everybody give me a number. And a number is from one to a hundred and a hundred your very, very, very best day. And a one is your very, very worst day. And then I can kind of eyeball that and see if somebody has a low number. Maybe I need to check in with them individually. Maybe I need to make a phone call. Yes. Check in just real fast. And then sometimes they want to share their number and I'll let them share. So uh, that has, that has been a lot of fun. Now I think that I recall you telling me a story that you had kind of done that like let's put our number in and you had a student that put like a off the chart oh my goodness I don't even know how many places that value had it was huge and I was like I kind of chuckled and I'm like oh you want to share about your number and they were like yes and they said I love coming to breakfast every Friday morning and I was like yay so that is a definitely a tradition that we will continue and um I also am able to see how students are feeling, kind of gauge how they're feeling. And sometimes if I know they have a low number and I can see them on the screen and they're, they look like they're getting upset or if any student get, gets upset, like we just stop and we just like take a break. We take an emotional lap. We get up, we move our bodies. I tell them all the time, let's just get up and move. And sometimes just moving your body will change your mind and change your outlook. We just need that distraction. And one thing that I will say that um, they have gotten to where they help each other. And sometimes a student will say, Miss Grams, I can't find such and such. And another student will say, I know exactly where that's at. And then they give guidance on where to find it. Wow. And so they have just done that themselves yes. without any direction for me. So they are supporting each other. They are. And they are. that is showing you what skills they are getting down and what skills they are learning and that they're acquiring from what you're teaching. Um, and then also they're becoming like little technology. Oh leaders. my goodness. I cannot even imagine what these kids are going to be like. I can't wait to December. Like we have grown so much in nine weeks. I can't wait to see what December is going to bring. And then uh, also they'll come in the mornings when we have our morning meeting, they'll come in and they'll be like, Oh, I've got another tip. If you do control R, that's the refresh. 
I had no idea control R was refresh. Wow. And now I use it all the time. Yeah. And so they're always coming in with another little tip to share. So it's a true learning community of not just them learning from you, but now and them learning from each other. But now you're learning from them. I know too. they're learning. Yeah. They're, yes, all the and time. All the time. Initiative to figure those things out. So that problem solving, um, that growth mindset, mm -hmm. they are kind of taking that into their own hands. They, they are. They are. I'm just amazed. I really am. I'm very proud of them. Oh, as you should be. Now, Miss Ramza, do you have any um, tips for other digital teachers in the county? Because this is brand new. And um, even though you have been teaching for a while, um, I'm sure that there was quite a shift, a mindset shift in how you teach students face-to-face and strategies you use and manipulatives you use um, to teaching them digitally. And it is like a digital parent said, they almost have a window into your classroom through the team's camera and you have a window into their home. And so it is a total different um, teaching relationship anyway, but I'm sure you had to kind of shift some of your strategies that you would use with face-to-face -face students to kind of um, translate that into the digital classroom community. So any tips for other digital teachers? Well, I think the very first thing you have to do is you, it's a learning curve for all of us. And uh, we're all in this together. We're all going to rise to the top. So you need to give yourself some grace and it's okay. There've been instances where things didn't work out like I wanted it to. So we're just going to stop and we're going to regroup and we're going to try it again tomorrow. And uh, so that first and foremost. Also, um, I decided early on that I did not want the fact that all those cool things that I used to do mm -hmm. in the classroom, I wasn't going to let being digital stop me from doing that. Right. Uh, there was a way to do it. There was a way. And uh, a perfect example is since we have started division in the past, I've always used uh, the doorbell ring. Oh, yeah. And I would pass out cookie crisp cereal to the kids that because they're shaped like little cookies and then we would act that out but we did that we did that yesterday i had the students they brought in 12 cookies 12 crackers 12 pumpkin seeds 12 raisins anything that they had that, mm -hmm. you know and so then we acted that out we were still able to do those things yes. so don't just give up and be like ah i can't i can't do all those fun things right since you're not the one passing it out, but there right. is another way. Like you said, they just found what was at their house. Mm -hmm. And even though it was all different, um, it was unique to them. Now, also, Ms. Gramza, um, I'm going to kind of, I know that when some of our digital students came in for a yearbook picture day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I and, forgot about um, that. You know, because I do think that that is important for them, you know, to kind of build that community like it is for our face-to-face -face students. Um, but I know that you kind of did something special for Graham's game. So tell me a little bit about that for those students that came in on picture. When day. those students came in, well, it just, it just killed me to think that they're in the building and I can't see them. Right. Yes. So I decided I wrote each one a note and I put it on a big banner when they came into the library so that they would see it. And so as they came in, they could just peel it off and take it with them. Yes. Just something little small to know yeah. that, hey, I know you're here. I can't see you, but I know you're here and I'm thinking about you. Yes. Well, and then also, um, that's something sweet that they will have from you 
um, because, you know, face-to-face teachers write little notes and put it mm-hmm. on their work. And I know that you're giving them feedback digitally, but sometimes just that handwritten note, like seeing your handwriting having it personalized with their name on it and your name on it. And also that's something that they can cherish from here on out. And when they look back on this season of their learning, um, that they can remember that special bond that the Grams' game had. Yes. And I just want them to know that it's really easy to, it's, it seems like it's easier for students to get that you care about them when you're face to face every day. Right. But when you're digital, I think sometimes you have to kick it up a little bit and look for those opportunities yes. to to let them know. Right. And that was an opportunity. That was an opportunity that yeah. I I saw and I just I just took yeah. it. You're taking advantage of every opportunity, like you said, um, kind of not cutting back on the fun things that you used to do with your face to face students or if they do come to the school. Um, anything else, any other tips that you would share with digital um, teachers? Well, I also think that you should uh, look for, and uh, hopefully you're collaborating with your digital teachers in your school. Now, I'm the only third grade teacher, but we have other digital teachers across the grade levels. And so we try to get together once a week. And that has been, I really look forward to that, yeah. to actually see someone else face to face and uh, we're in a different boat than everyone else is. And then that way we can trial and error and see what works for you and see like I, how do, how do I get this assignment in a PDF format? That's going to be the best way that students can annotate on it. Things like that yeah. behind the scenes that yes. we okay. have not thought about. Right. So it's not like every unit, there's a new thing. Like, ooh, how are we going to get around this? Everything's figure outable, and that's your group that's going to help you figure those out. Right. And so it's like within that, even though we have professional learning communities within the school, like you're a part of the third grade professional learning community, now y'all have kind of made your own professional learning community as digital teachers. Yes. And it's probably really neat, um, like you said, that it is – across the grade levels. So you are being able to collaborate um, with a second grade teacher, knowing how those students are doing. And then you're able to collaborate with a fourth grade teacher too. So she knows how your students are doing. And um, I think that that is just going to help the transition as um, at this time, you know, we're not really sure what right, the we don't know. Learning future looks like, but I think that it sounds like y'all are on a good um, path and a good track of working together to make sure that um, no matter what grade level, those digital learners are getting the help and the support that they need, not only technically, but um, in the education, right, like in the right. curriculum. Yeah, yes, so we just concept. want that to be like seamless, seamless as we travel from one grade to the next. We just want it to be seamless. Yes. Well, Ms. Grams, any last remarks about being a new digital teacher this year? Well, we are truly pioneers. Yes. We really are. And they're doing a great job. You are pioneers and the students are pioneers. The students are, and yes. And the parents. And the parents. And the parents. We all, we are, we all are pioneers We together. are blazing a trail yes. for what's, what education will look like 20 year, 10, 20 years from now. We are paving the way today. That is right. Thank you so much, Ms. Ramza, for joining me and speaking about your digital teaching experience. Thank you. I'm sitting here with our new assistant principal, Ms. Carrie Schmidt, who is a 
new part of our Knox Knight family. Miss Schmidt, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. I am super excited to be part of the Knox family. I started at uh, Creekview High School and I was a soccer coach there and I taught science. Biology was my special forte and I really enjoy the sciences. So I love getting around, getting around to see what you guys are doing in classes. And I have two kids. One, it's almost 26, and the other one is almost 24. And I like to spend time out in the outdoors, hiking and kayaking with my husband, playing soccer, playing tennis. You know, I can't sit still. Um, I'm so glad to be part of this family, and thank you so much for being so welcoming. All right, Ms. Schmidt, we are so glad that you're part of our Knox family, too. Welcome to the Knox Nation. Make sure to follow Joseph Knox Elementary School on Facebook or at Knox ES Knights on Twitter. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Ignite. Thank you for listening.